As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Foster to Foster, and now here's your host, Dr. Anissa McNeil. Good morning, and welcome to Foster to Foster radio show. I'm Dr. Anissa McNeil. Today, we have an exciting topic to talk about today. Today, I was asked a startling question while I was at one of our local community colleges here in the state of California. A foster youth asked, said to me, Dr. McNeil, we need housing. If I had housing, I could consistently come to school. And so today, I'm going to focus on the housing issues and concerns of foster youth. I'm here in the state of California, and in the state of California, we provide foster care for youth that are 0 to 21. However, in some of our states, they, that care is not provided until from 18 to 21. Most, some states in our state, and I believe it's still uh, anywhere between 12 and 14 states within our country that still emancipate foster youth at the age of 18. So I would like to ask you, how would you feel if at the age of 18, you were left on your own? You had no family to call. You had not a mom, not a dad, no one to provide resources to you. And that's one of the reasons why so many foster youth in our country become homeless. I, don't th- I want to show you a brief clip from a recent news program, ABC News in Oklahoma, which really tells, really depicts how our foster youth who age out of the system at 18 truly become homeless. Let's see this clip. Due to circumstances beyond their control, many Oklahoma young people will not celebrate the holidays with family. They may be in foster care or they may be homeless. Tulsa Youth Services seeks out young people who are living on the streets and is seeing success in giving hope and a future for thousands who have fallen through the cracks in Oklahoma social services. A Thanksgiving dinner was served recently to a number of kids who stopped by the drop-in center at Youth Services of Tulsa. For them, the actual holiday was of no real consequence. Getting some food was. So they can always come and get a hot meal, um, and a lot of times our youth, that's the only meal they've had um, all day. Youth Services' Sarah Frammel says most of the kids who drop in live on the streets by day and some at night. Some youth are uh, staying at adult shelters like the Salvation Army, Day Center, John 3. Um, others are literally sleeping outside. 
um, under bridges. Uh, some at times will sleep on our sidewalks even because it's really the only place that they've felt safe. We have many that stay in you know, abandoned houses, parking garages, things like that, especially with the cold coming. Um, those parking garages and abandoned houses are, are pretty popular because they kind of block that wind. Brian Young is Community Relations Coordinator at Youth Services. Specifically for our street outreach program, which focuses on homeless youth, um, we reached 671 youth, and uh, we believe the number that came out of the foster care program was probably about a third of that. In 2016, 278 young people aged out of foster care when they turned 18. As adults, they were no longer the responsibility of the Department of Human Services. During their time in state custody, the kids might have been in and out of several foster homes. DHS statistics show that in the last year, more than 2,600 youth ages 13 through 17 had an average number of seven different placements. Multiple placements is a pretty common theme. Someone might have been placed in numerous times through the foster care program and they just didn't make strong family connections during that time and aged out um, basically without a family support system like most of us would have um, as we hit our young adult years. Denisha was homeless for several months and Wonderful. When we look at that clip, you can see the startling numbers of our foster youth that find themselves when they emancipate. Emancipate means they're 18 years old and they're no longer a part of the foster care system. When they emancipate and now they find themselves homeless. The state of Oklahoma is not unlike other states in our country that our foster youth, when they emancipate, they become homeless. America, this is a very real issue for me because as many of you know, as a very young child, I was homeless with my mother. Many of you don't know what it feels like to sleep on a cold park bench or to sleep on a cold sidewalk, but I do. And I know that this is something that our nation our country, our state, our city, we have the resources and we have the power to change this for young people. I want to bring it home to our community here in the state of California. One thing that you know about me is I am totally on board for community service and getting involved in the community and helping our foster youth right here in our own neighborhood. So I want to talk about how many foster youth are in our state? And here in the state of California, we have 64,000 foster youth. And that number is growing. Um, the closest number that we have as of November of 2016, we're picturing or we're pivoting up to 65,000 foster youth here in the state of California. Here in our local community, Southern California, we have 30,000 of those 65,000 right here in LA County. In our surrounding counties in Riverside County, we have 3,000. In San Bernardino County, we have approximately 5,000. And in San Diego County, we have another 6,000 foster youth. So when you look at Southern California alone, we make up more than half. We make up three-fourths of foster youth here in the state of California. That's a tremendous number of young people in our right here in our neighborhood, right here around the corner from you or to your left or to your right 
right in your community that are foster children. And so we want to talk about what happens to them when they are in care. I want to show you a clip, another clip uh, from our foster youth. And this comes from, it's called A Place Called Home. And this clip comes from the Juvenile Law Center in Philadelphia. Let's hear from our young people of how it feels to be 18 and emancipated from the system and out in the world on your own. 25,000 youth across the country age out of foster care without permanent family connections. Between one-third and one-fifth of these youth will become homeless. What does youth homelessness look like? Youth homelessness can be youth couch surfing, going from couch to couch, floor to floor, you know, bed to bed, you know, like sleeping, you, you know, you in a bed with like five of your nieces in a car, hotels, you know, you, you, tr you trying to go to parties just so you have somewhere to stay for the night. Sometimes it's the pride, like, you don't want everybody to know that you homeless. It seemed like the youth, to me, it felt like they don't want to go like certain places because they might think that people judging them for whatever reason. Like, it's, it's harder when you're younger. When you aging out and you're all alone, like, that's, that's scary, like, because you, you got to think about what's going on in the streets. It's, it's crazy in the streets, like, real crazy. So like, you just gotta, like, nah, you can't even prepare for homelessness for real, like. I believe what Burns says, that you can't even prepare for homelessness. And that brings me to what are resources? Where do these young people, where can they go? Where can you get help? I'd like to introduce to you our in-studio guest this morning. Welcome, Miss Sue Evans of Walden Family Services. Welcome to Foster to Foster Radio Show. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. As we talk about homelessness with foster youth, can you tell us a little bit about what you all see there at Walden Family Services? Yes, at Walden Family Services, uh, even before the law changed, allowing our youth to stay in foster care till they're 21, we recognise this problem with our youth coming to 18, having nowhere to go. So the 10 years prior to the law changing, we actually had our own programme we fundraised for to provide ongoing case management and support services. It was so desperately needed. Our children of today are our adults in our community of tomorrow, and we want to build a strong community of adults who are productive in their community to give back. And we sadly have not been doing that. And we see day after day, many, many youth who have fallen through the system. They've come in through no fault of their own and moved and moved, have got no supportive links with supportive adults in their lives and are on their own. So wow. we did a lot of advocacy along with many other organizations. And in 2012, the law here changed in California, allowing our young people to choose as adults to stay in foster care. And they can choose to come and go. If they choose at 18, they wish to go off on their own. They can come back at 19. Right. And we have slowly started to see the buildup of services. And we are very excited that we were one of the first organizations to provide the transitional housing for foster youth in Southern California. 
Yes, and I'm excited to have you all here today. In my work as a CASA and as an advocate for foster youth for over 20-something years here in California, Walden Family Services is a well-known name. And not only do you provide services in Los Angeles, but you provide service in San Bernardino, in Riverside, and in San Diego. So you're one of the oldest organizations that started to provide homeless services for foster youth before the law changed. So tell us a little bit about what you saw before the law changed and what does it look like today? Is the service, are young people getting more services today? Um, yes, absolutely. There's more services because there is more funding for those services. Uh, the largest issue we had was that there was nowhere for young people to go. Uh, they were out on their own. Um, they didn't have the skills or the supportive adults to offer assistance and guidance. And uh, when something went wrong, they were out there on their own and often ended up in homelessness. So we were working with a lot of youth in crisis, a lot of youth that we were trying to find shelters or appropriate services and helping them to sustain that. Um, when the law changed and we were able to start to get funding to provide transitional housing, um, we are very excited that we're able to uh, provide apartments for our young people that are funded and allow those young people to have a case manager to provide them with those services. We expect young people to make mistakes and um, we work with them through those mistakes and don't give up on them. Wonderful, wonderful. When we come back from this short commercial break, we're going to talk about um, how do you why so, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about why so many foster youth find themselves homeless. And then we're going to highlight how do they enroll in housing services, mm -hmm. specifically Walden Family Services, and how do they stay enrolled? So we're going to take a short commercial break, Sue, and we'll be back from this commercial break. My name is Dr. Anissa McNeil. You're listening to Foster to Foster Radio Show. Why don't you join our conversation? Call in at 323 284-7826 and join Sue and I and talk about homelessness of foster youth. We'll be right back. The Unstoppable Awards is a nonprofit organization that provides scholarships to foster youth. If you are a foster youth graduating from high school and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, or San Bernardino County, we'd like to offer a scholarship to you if you have a 2.3 to 3.2 GPA, you've overcome some significant challenges, and you've been accepted to a college, university, or trade school. Please visit our website at www.unstoppableawards.org or call our office at 213-634-0044. We'd like to help you. We'd like to make you unstoppable. Give the gift that keeps giving an education and help us make foster youth unstoppable. Donate today to the Unstoppable Awards at www.unstoppableawards.org and help build our unstoppable education tree. How are we building that tree? With each of your donations. A donation of $10 provides a Christmas candy cane. A donation of $20 provides a Christmas light. A donation of $50 provides a Christmas ornament. And a donation of $100 and above provides a gift under the tree. 
We all know that education is a gift that keeps giving. So donate today to the Unstoppable Awards at www.unstoppableawards.org and help us build an unstoppable education tree this Christmas season. Help us make foster youth unstoppable. Education Works Consulting Firm provides foster youth education services. We work to make sure that every foster youth has a chance by providing a way through education. Please visit us at edworks4u.org or call our offices at 213-634-0044. Education works for all of us. Tamara Lewis, the founder and executive director of We Are Our Brother's Keeper, a nonprofit organization established in 2005. I was inspired to engage in this project as a result of my mother, a humanitarian, the late Faye E. Lewis. We are approaching our 10th anniversary and we are preparing to take thousands of backpacks into the Skid Row downtown Los Angeles area and we are planning to expand nationwide. The backpacks are filled with love. Items such as hygiene products, clothing, water, items that homeless families may benefit from. We need your support. You may contact us and donate at weareourbrotherskeeper.org. Welcome back to Foster to Foster Radio Show. I'm Dr. Anissa McNeil. Why don't you join our conversation? Sue and I are here in the radio station today talking about homelessness and the scope of homelessness among foster youth. Join the conversation and call us at 323-284-7826. So Sue, we want to start talking about why do so many foster youth find themselves homeless? Why at, it's clear to see that from what we saw in our first segment, that many foster youth that are not in a state that provides care until the age of 18, I mean, um, to the age of 21, they're 18 years old. And I know at 18, I had to work very hard to sustain myself. Um, And at 18, many of them don't have the skills and they're not equipped to manage a house manage how creating a career or a skill set and also survive every day. I can remember being 18 and even though I went to college and one of the reasons why I chose to go to a college and not a community college or anything else, I was making sure that there was housing, that I could pay a dorm fee. But when I went to college, I had two jobs and I don't expect every foster youth to be Anissa. Does that make sense, Sue? Mm-hmm. I don't expect every foster youth to be 18 years old, go to college, get two jobs, and be able to maintain themselves. Many, We're all individuals. Some of us can do that with ease, and some of us just cannot. And many of us don't have the skill set. That was the reason why I started Foster Youth Education Services, because there were so many foster youth that were reading and, and doing math at a subpar skill set. So if you don't have the right skill set, you can't even manage um, having two jobs and 
um, going to school. So I want to explore, I want to bring more public awareness of why so many foster youth find themselves homeless. Let's take a look at this video clip from A Place Called Home. Not having the proper discharge planning, the lack of resources that your caregiver was uh, given, they had tried to give you. A lot of you are from house to house constantly. They don't get to stay in a place long enough. Some of them have never had, a, a, I guess, a stable home. Some kids just want to go to their families. Like, if they were integrated with their families while they were in foster care, by the time they aged out, they would have known if that was the plan for them. Like, instead, of, like some cases, they want to keep them away from the family. Other cases, they want to, you know, like just keep pushing them toward their family, but they want to push them towards the family, towards the end, when they don't even really know anything about their family because they've been away from them so long. They kept trying to say, oh, just, you can just go back to your grandparents' house. You can just go back here. Like, there's no room. There was no room at my grandparents' house. After I aged out of care, my mom let me stay with her for a couple months. But then it just, be, that became overwhelming because it was like I was staying there. She was asking me for money, money I didn't even really have. When you reach the age of 18, you got a choice whether you want to stay in care or whether you want to, you know, discharge yourself. I just discharged, I just went to court one day and then I told my, my DHS worker that I, I just was ready to go home. She just told me, like, if you want to leave, you can go. She didn't tell me, like, you know, certain things I would be, I would be faced with if I left. Like, she didn't tell me that DHS would help me, like, get into school or, like, an independent living program. After my court date, I never spoke to nobody from DHS. I never heard from my DHS worker. I never, DHS was done after my, like, after court, it was, that was it. Somebody should have checked up on me, like, within six months or, like, two months after that just to make sure everything was okay. If I had the choice now, I definitely would have stayed until I was 21 because maybe I wouldn't have been faced with homelessness so many other times if I Wonderful. And now, Sue, we can hear it right from our foster youth that some of the challenges that they are facing when, they're go when they go from group home to group home is lack of a transition plan. Um, we heard the young lady say that the integration back with their families is now that she's 18 or t 20, they're saying she can go to her grandmother's house, but there's no room at her grandmother's house. And she's not that familiar with her grandmother. Or they reunite. We heard the young lady burn that reunited with her mother. But the mother's expectation is you're 18. You got to have some money. You got to pay something to live here. And she was overwhelmed because she was asking for money that she didn't have. And so then those individuals find themselves homeless. Um, and I, and you heard that you heard the young lady say that she wished someone would have checked on her. She wished when she aged out that someone would have circled back to say, Hey kiddo, how are you doing? Let's talk about that a little bit, Burn. What are some of the social services that you all have there at Walden family services? Well, one of the most important um, things that we look at is can young people live in a family? We are seeing a huge difference with young people who are transitioning out into our housing from institutional-like settings like group homes, um, juvenile detention centres, and those who've been brought up in some type of family setting where they have a connection. 
it's really important that we can try and connect our young people with a supportive adult, whether that's through a mentoring program, their CASA worker, or an unofficial mentor, maybe a caring teacher or a staff member, someone who cares and can check in with them, who they can go to, they can call maybe in the evening and get help circling background for the resources. Sure. As you look at the young people that come from much more of an institutionalized mm -hmm. group care setting, like group homes, tell us a little bit about the characteristics of that young person. What are you all finding there at the Walden Family Services? I think it's more challenging for those young people sometimes to put the skills in action. We do a lot of teaching of young people whilst they are teenagers about independent living skills. But unless you're maybe living in a family situation where you're putting those skills in action every day, just just going grocery shopping, just starting to learn some of those basic skills of budgeting, of how to make food, um, how to use your public transport, and just living in a family. It's something that you just absorb more than living in a more institutionalized setting. Okay. And it's very important that we try and link, and certainly there's a move in California to link more and more youth into family-based settings, um, into expanding our foster care system to provide those settings. Yes, and we're going to talk about that on our next mm -hmm. show, is the reform of care here yes. in the California, so that so many young people are not growing up in the group mm -hmm. home settings. So tell us a little bit about our, our young people that grow up in much more family settings. They grow up with a foster parent or in a different type of setting. What type of challenges are they having from 18 to 21? Um, some of the major challenges that we work really hard on is the first thing is education. Many of our children have missed big gaps in their education. Yes. So the first um, important part we're looking at is how can we help young people graduate or get their GED from high school as a stepping stone to make a positive change in their lives. Um, so we work very hard um, with our young people on identifying that. We find our young people who have grown up in a foster home, they have someone, a foster parent or maybe a, another relative in that foster home who can provide some ongoing support. They're there oh. to help them maybe when they're moving in, someone that they can go and spend the holidays with. Um, all those very just important things. Someone they can maybe call and say, oh, I have my new apartment. Wonderful. Someone who's there as a support. Good, good. And then, unfortunately, sometimes we have young people that come into care um, later in life. They mm -hmm. come into care at age 16. They come into care at age 17. What does that look like for this young person who has experienced um, some form of abuse or neglect, and at an age of 16 or 17, they find themselves in foster care. And I think that a lot of times our, our public is not aware that when children find themselves in children's court or in children's services, it's really at no fault of their own. They are coming before the court because of an allegation of abuse or neglect by their parents. And so now they find themselves in children's court and that court may rule that they can no longer be with their parent. And when that happens, Sue, to someone who is 16, 17 years old, what do we find? What are you finding at Walden Family Services? What does that young person look like as they age out into the system? 
the important thing is to help them. Often we're working with some of the most vulnerable populations. Yes. We're working, sadly, there's an overrepresentation of LGBT youth out who end up coming into the foster care system or end up homeless. We're working with a lot of uh, pregnant and parenting yes. um, young young men and women. So really making sure that we're giving them as much access to supportive services, making sure they know where to come from. If they don't want to accept the services at those times, making sure they know that when they're ready, they can come back and those services will be there. We provide parenting classes for our teen parents. Wonderful. Um, we are a very accepting and supportive agency of our LGBT youth. Um, we make sure that we're linking them to the great services that are available. Wonderful. We understand that young people will sometimes say, I'm not ready to accept those services. I'm going to go out on my own. But here they have um, the ability to call again their social worker and they can come back, back in and they can come back in and accept the services when they're ready and they will be there for them. Wonderful, wonderful. And how do they contact you, Sue? How do they get in contact with Walden Family Services? Well, for our transitional housing program, they have to contact their county worker or their probation worker. Okay. And they will receive a referral through to one of the transitional housing programs um, here in the state. Here in L.A., there's about 10 transitional housing providers. So they need to go through to their county worker again as a foster youth and reactivate their foster care case. Okay, so walk me through, Sue, a little bit. I'm 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I've decided I no longer want care. I'm going to emancipate myself from the foster care system. I'm homeless. Mm -hmm. You have very little items when you are homeless. Mm -hmm. My sons are, and I are headed out today to our We Are Our Brother's Keepers to give mm -hmm. out backpacks. Mm -hmm. Because you have so few items. How would a young person then get in contact with their worker or with the county? Um, talk to me about how people reconnect with those entities in order to get to your service. So here in L.A., um, they can just call the 1-800-CHILD-ABUSE number and they okay. can explain that they are... Um, a foster youth who would wishes to come back into the foster care system. They're 18 to 21. Um, if they call us, we direct them to make sure we help them get in contact with their county worker or their probation worker. Okay. And what is the number to your office? Our, our main number to our office, um, well, we can show it actually probably on the screen. It's um, The general number is 951-788-5905. Uh, okay. Um, but we... They come back in through their county worker. As soon as we get the referrals, we offer an interview to the young person. Um, we do take many young people. We take any young person who is eligible for the services as long as they're willing to be motivated to work with us. So they may have had some drug dependency issues. They may be a parenting youth. They may have had some mental health issues. We are open to take all young people, providing that they're willing to work with their case manager and accept and work with goals and work to remove some of those barriers to them getting their education. Um, we Wonderful. assist them with removing barriers to get employment. We work with a lot of the different in, um, employment uh, schemes such as the Job Corps and various other employment programs. We assist and teach them how to not only get a job but also to keep that job, how to prepare their resumes how to access financial aid at the community colleges. Wonderful. Um, how to uh, get themselves on a vocational training course. Um, we work with a lot of parenting youth because, again, our focus is to keep our children with their teen parents. Yeah. 
Yes. So, so that we can break this cycle of having a foster youth yes. now have a child yes. that is a foster youth. And we do the same with our teen dads as well as our teen mums and teach them the responsibility of being a parent. Um, so we work with uh, teaching many different skills. We teach a lot of financial literacy skills. Uh, we teach about safe relationships. Um, we teach about how to keep themselves safe and healthy. So wonderful. So if you are a foster youth and you can hear the sound of my voice or you're listening to this radio uh, show on YouTube or iTunes, uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube and iTunes podcast. I want you to pick up the phone and call 1-800-CHILD-ABUSE so that you, if you're homeless, so that you can get reconnected with your foster care county worker so that you can get transition services. If you cannot, I want you to simply pick up the phone, call 211. Say, I was a former foster youth and I would like to reconnect with foster care services. You can also call Walden Family Services and contact their main number, at I believe that number is nine five one I seven eight eight seven eight eight thank you nine zero five five nine zero five and be sure to say I'm a former foster youth I want to reconnect with foster services and I want to have housing the the one opportunity that I want you to hear is there is an opportunity for you not to be homeless. If you are sitting on the streets of L.A., Riverside, San Bernardino, or, Cal- or San Diego today, I want you to know that there's a resource for you not to be homeless today. Take the time. Go to a public phone. Ask a friend to borrow a cell phone and simply call 211. There is help there. From your 18 to your 21, there are resources to assist you. I want, if you can hear the sound of my voice, please do not spend another day homeless. You're listening to Dr. Anissa McNeil. This is the Foster to Foster radio show. We're here to listen, educate, and protect our foster youth always. Hi, I'm Tamara Lewis, the founder and executive director of We Are Our Brother's Keeper a nonprofit organization established in 2005. I was inspired to engage in this project as a result of my mother, a humanitarian, the late Faye E. Lewis. We are approaching our 10th anniversary and we are preparing to take thousands of backpacks into the Skid Row downtown Los Angeles area and we are planning to expand nationwide. The backpacks are filled with love. Items such as hygiene products, clothing, water, items that homeless families may benefit from. We need your support. You may contact us and donate at weareourbrotherskeeper.org. Education Works Consulting Firm provides foster youth education services. We work to make sure that every foster youth has a chance by providing a way through education. Please visit us at edworks4u.org or call our offices at 213-634-0044. Education works for all of us. Give the gift that keeps giving an education and help us make foster youth unstoppable. 
Donate today to the Unstoppable Awards at www.unstoppableawards.org and help build our unstoppable education tree. How are we building that tree? With each of your donations. A donation of $10 provides a Christmas candy cane. A donation of $20 provides a Christmas light. A donation of $50 provides a Christmas ornament. And a donation of $100 and above provides a gift under the tree. We all know that education is a gift that keeps giving. So donate today to the Unstoppable Awards at www.unstoppableawards.org and help us build an unstoppable education tree this Christmas season. Help us make foster youth unstoppable. The Unstoppable Awards is a nonprofit organization that provides scholarships to foster youth. If you are a foster youth graduating from high school and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, or San Bernardino County, we'd like to offer a scholarship to you. If you have a 2.3 to 3.2 GPA, you've overcome some significant challenges, and you've been accepted to a college, university, or trade school please visit our website at www.unstoppableawards.org or call our office at 213-634-0044. We'd like to help you. We'd like to make you unstoppable. We're back to Foster to Foster with your host, Dr. Anissa McNeil. Welcome back to Foster to Foster Radio Show. If you would like to join this conversation, please call in to 323-284-7826. If you like the podcast that you're watching right now, if you like the live stream, be sure to subscribe to Foster to Foster Radio Show on iTunes and YouTube. And I'm here in the studio today with Miss Sue Evans of Walden Family Services. She's the COO of Walden Family Services, and we're discussing homelessness of foster youth. Homelessness is a very serious issue. It is an issue that um, is life-changing. It takes a different skill set to live on the streets of our society. It creates its own amount of trauma. It creates its own um, wherewithal that allows an individual to either be stagnant from this experience and creates a tremendous challenge for young people to overcome. And so, Sue, we're here today to talk about homelessness with foster youth and, more importantly, housing. How do they overcome being homeless is by getting a place to stay housing. So I want to spend a little bit of time, and we're going to show a clip and talk about what can youth do to overcome being homeless, what services are out there. And when we come back from that clip, I'd like for you and I to discuss the housing program that you all provide. Could you describe it to us a little bit, as well as talk about how do our young people stay within that housing program? What requirements do they need to meet and what activities do they need to complete in order to stay in housing? Let's take a short uh, moment and view this video clip. Can youth in care do to reduce their likelihood of ending up homeless? Make sure you're ready. And if you're not ready, make sure that you take advantage of, you take advantage of like the stuff that DHS has to offer while you're still in care. Use, you know, your discharge as a um, as a time for empowerment. A lot of people 
might hear that opportunity and hear the word discharged and they might get discouraged. Use that as an opportunity for empowerment because pretty much you've been in foster care your whole entire life so that when you get out, you can live a successful life and, and try to live as normal as possible and, and one day have a family of your own. What can people do to prevent youth in care? Let's play a little bit more of that clip. Yeah. From ending up homeless. Stop like beating around a bush and spoon feet and you've telling them it's gonna be all right. Don't worry. When it, then when you when you know for sure that it may not be all right. You can be like a regular person that's willing to give a resource, give a job, you know, anything, like anything counts, like a support system just to be there for them to talk to at times. Like, because when we age out, those social workers, those provider agencies, they leave us behind. Like, none of my DHS workers, social workers, advocates, nobody talks to me. They don't, they don't care about my life, for real. So like, to have somebody there who, who I can talk to, lean on when nobody is there, like, like when I was like, alone in the system, if somebody was there that I could just talk to, like even if you don't know what to do, like I could just like get it off my chest. Uh, as far as DHS goes, I would just like to say to them, um, we understand that it's, it's not your fault that we're in a predicament. Try to step away from your job almost for a second and try to really realize that we have so much more to give to life. Wonderful. I wanted to take a moment, Sue, and hear the young people as they talk about some of the challenges that they faced and how they wish they would have had a housing program and have someone stay connected. We could hear them say, mm -hmm. you know, who cares about my life? What happens to me after 18? Stay connected with me. And one of the things that I like of what you said about your services is that you help to either reconnect them or to establish a new connection. So talk to us a little bit. Tell us about your housing program, your transition housing program. Um, well, at this time, we have over 150 youth living in apartments throughout Southern California. One of the nice things about our program is that when we interview youth, we look at where they already have a connection. Wonderful. And then we have housing managers who go out and seek apartments so we can keep them in the community where they already have that connection. And that's very important rather than starting afresh. So if they have school, a mentor, a job. Maybe they went to high school there and have a positive connection. If we can build on that, we see more success. Uh, one of the challenges we have is often finding apartment complexes willing to lease their apartments to us when they know that we're placing transitional housing youth. So we really talk with our youth and say, you're kind of an ambassador for us. If you go into the apartments and show that you are a good neighbor as a young person living in the apartments, it helps the apartment owners see that, okay, this is good to do. We'll, we'll lease more apartments. Sue, what do uh, the young people need to do to qualify for your program? Well, to qualify for the program, they have to, um, to qualify to stay in foster care, they have to be uh, working towards their GED or high school diploma. They have to be working or uh, working towards any barriers that are, they're finding challenging to get employment. So working towards um, a job program. Um, or a combination of all of those. Okay. So, um, and talk they, about the number of hours that they need to be working. 
Well, they need to be working at least 20 hours or in education. Although we really try and help build our youth up to full-time productivity because in the real world, when they're out on their own at 21, they're going to need to have really met that full-time productivity to be able to be self-sufficient. Exactly. So, so if you're listening to this and you're a foster youth, I want to join our conversation at 323-284-7826. I wanted Sue to be able to explain a little bit more about the working requirement and the school requirement, because a, a lot of young people that are coming from much more institu- institutionalized care, like a group home, they think, OK, well, place me in transition housing. And with placement, they're accustomed to not having to do anything but just be placed somewhere. So I want to highlight this requirement, Sue, that when you're 18 to 21, you there is also a requirement of the youth mm-hmm. that the youth must now either be engaged in school to receive a GED or a high school diploma or they need to work at least 20 hours. And I like the fact that your agency says that by the time you're 21, you need to be at full productivity. Because here, what we know to be true about here in the state of California, one of the most expensive states to live in, you cannot survive working part-time on your own in the state of California. So I want to speak very honestly, very truthfully to every foster youth that can hear the sound of my voice. I'm telling you from my own experience, I was that person that had to have a full-time job. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Even though I have gray hairs to this day, I still have two jobs. Can you imagine that? That I still work not only one, but another job because of my level of responsibility. And I want to tell you, you don't have to be me, not at all, but you are going to have to be able to build up your skill set so that you can obtain full-time employment. That is so you can have a sustainable life. And I know all of us want a sustainable life. We have goals, we have dreams, we have things that we want to do. But I want to highlight that requirement because a lot of times, Sue, what happens in foster care is that you've been placed in in group homes. You can be in up to 16, 12 different placements, and you're used to just being placed there or not having a real strict requirement that will cause you to lose your housing. So I wanted to highlight that because I don't want any of the foster youth to lose their housing because they're not living up to their part. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the other expectation we have is that part of the program when they come in is that they have to meet weekly with their case manager and they have to agree to participate in trainings. And that's trainings to develop independence living skills because we want our young people to be able to be successful and self-sufficient when we leave when they're 21, whether that's that we help them move on to another supportive program if they're not quite ready to be on their own, or ideally maybe they can move on to move into a shared apartment that they can look after themselves. Exactly. So we teach our youth how to pay their utility bills, how to um, budget, we take them shopping, how to manage their stipend, how to open a bank account, how to prevent fraud on their bank account, how to make sure that they um, are using public transport, can they work towards getting their driver's license? Um, All those things that many of us just take for granted who haven't been involved in foster care. 
Great. We teach all those skills. And many young people are afforded that opportunity just with their parents. Many mm -hmm. parents enroll their children in driving school mm -hmm. or they take their children out driving every Saturday or Sunday or, you know, you're getting to the age, pay attention to what I'm doing as I'm driving because you're going to be driving one day. These are young people that don't have that structure. They don't have that person in their life to say, I'm going to teach you how to become an adult. And transition housing is another step, another layer in foster care to really teach this young person how to become an adult. We're going to take another short break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what options you have to stay a part of the foster care system, when to begin preparing for your transition, and how to enroll and stay enrolled in a housing program. My name is Dr. Anissa McNeil. You're listening to Foster to Foster Radio Show, and we'll be right back after this short break. Give the gift that keeps giving and education and help us make foster youth unstoppable. Donate today to the Unstoppable Awards at www.unstoppableawards.org and help build our unstoppable education tree. How are we building that tree? With each of your donations. A donation of $10 provides a Christmas candy cane. A donation of $20 provides a Christmas light. A donation of $50 provides a Christmas ornament. And a donation of $100 and above provides a gift under the tree. We all know that education is a gift that keeps giving. So donate today to the Unstoppable Awards at www.unstoppableawards.org and help us build an unstoppable education tree this Christmas season. Help us make foster youth unstoppable. Hi, I'm Tamara Lewis, the founder and executive director of We Are Our Brother's Keeper, a nonprofit organization established in 2005. I was inspired to engage in this project as a result of my mother, a humanitarian, the late Faye E. Lewis. We are approaching our 10th anniversary and we are preparing to take thousands of backpacks into the Skid Row downtown Los Angeles area and we are planning to expand nationwide. The backpacks are filled with love. Items such as hygiene products, clothing, water, items that homeless families may benefit from. We need your support. You may contact us and donate at weareourbrotherskeeper.org. The Unstoppable Awards is a nonprofit organization that provides scholarships to foster youth. If you are a foster youth graduating from high school and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, or San Bernardino County, we'd like to offer a scholarship to you if you have a 2.3 to 3.2 GPA, you've overcome some significant challenges, and you've been accepted to a college, university, or trade school please visit our website at www.unstoppableawards.org or call our office at 213-634-0044. We'd like to help you. We'd like to make you unstoppable. 
Education Works Consulting Firm provides foster youth education services. We work to make sure that every foster youth has a chance by providing a way through education. Please visit us at edworks4u.org or call our offices at 213-634-0044. Education Works for all of us. We're back to Foster to Foster with your host, Dr. Anissa McNeil. Welcome back to Foster to Foster Radio Show. And I want to talk about, Sue, a little bit of prevention. I want to talk, if you are a foster youth and you are 15 years old, and you know that you've just enrolled in high school, and in three years, I'm going to be 18. What are some of the things that our foster youth can do to begin to prepare for being 18? Well, certainly they begin to prepare by setting their goals. All our foster youth should be preparing with their county worker, maybe their foster parent, their group home. And starting, it's never too early to look at what their goals are, talking about what their goals are, making full use of all the services provided, whether that's they would like to go to vocational school or maybe they'd like to go to community college or apply to Cal State and start working towards those goals. What do they need to do to achieve that? And it's there's really a one. Important. Oh, absolutely. And there's a wonderful resource that we provide here in the mm-hmm. state of California called Know Before You Go. Mm-hmm. It's on the DCFS website, mm-hmm. as well as it's a, it's a downloadable free app on any cell phone. Mm-hmm. And Know Before You Go really tells you all of the 20 steps or uh, 20 highlighted mm-hmm. things that every transition youth, any any youth, 15 to 21, that all of the things that you need to know before you truly exit the foster care system. It talks about the Chafee Grant here in California that's offered to every foster youth to attend um, a college or a university. It talks about their housing options, um, transition housing, TPP plus housing. So I want you, if you are a foster youth and you have a cell phone, if you're on Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, you know all of those social apps, I want you to take a moment and I want you to download an application called Know Before You Go. I also want you to highlight a website. It's unstoppableawards.org. I offer scholarships every year to foster youth who have a 2.3 to a 3.2 GPA. You can be on probation. You could have been incarcerated. That's not what I'm after. I'm after to make you unstoppable. So even if you are involved in our transition program and you're 18 years old and you're completing your GED or your high school diploma and you're at the Walden Family Housing Services, I want you to this year to apply for an Unstoppable Award. Let us help you go to trade school, a college, or a university. You heard me correctly. I offer scholarships to individuals who want to go to trade school. If you want to become an electrician, a plumber, you want to become a cosmetologist, a makeup artist, you want to become a chef, a a sous chef, we offer those opportunities too. And I want young people to know that because um, the Unstoppable Awards is one of the few scholarship programs that provide scholarships to 
to trade mm-hmm. schools. I believe one of the statistics that I heard is that we're the only one providing scholarships to trade school. So I want the young people to know that if your 15 year old start to recognize what opportunities are available to you. And then again, to all of our foster youth that can hear our radio show today, if you are already 18 to 21 years old and you want to reconnect with foster care services, I want you to call 211 1-800-CHILD ABUSE or contact the Walden Family Services at 951 788 5905. There is an opportunity for you to reconnect with foster care and to avoid being homeless. And so for everyone who's trying to prepare, what you said, Sue, about setting goals, what else should they be prepared for? Um, definitely working with the opportunities that are there. There are great opportunities um, to move into the transitional housing. Um, you can interview prior to your 18th birthday. Yes. You can go on our waiting list. And when you get into transitional housing in programs like ours, it provides you free rent for three years while you learn, you develop your skills, yes. and you start um, earning money, you start um, making your way through college. It's a wonderful opportunity. Not only that, but we encourage our youth to save and to pay towards some rent that we put in a savings account for them. So it's not unusual for our youth when they leave us at 21 by the time we've matched it, et cetera, that some of our youth are leaving with three or $4,000, which is a great start to be Wonderful. maybe help them buy their first car, maybe help them do the deposit on a new apartment. Wonderful. So, you know, just really emphasizing this is a great opportunity and a great start. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for all of our foster youth that are out there, I want to encourage you, if you are now homeless, I want to encourage you to pick up the phone, call 211, get in contact with your prior social service worker so that you can avail yourself of the opportunity there at Walden Family Services. Their number is 951-788-5905. You can always call 1-800-CHILD-ABUSE. My name is Dr. Anissa McNeil. I do the work, and I tell the stories of foster youth. And you have listened to Foster to Foster Radio Show. Be sure to join me next week here as we talk about I'm a D-rate child. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to hit that topic really hard next week. And be sure to subscribe to Foster to Foster Radio Show on, on YouTube and iTunes. Join us next week. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.